Hi, I'm Michelle Bowditch, and today's leadership quote comes from Abby Wombach. If you're not a leader on the bench, don't call yourself a leader on the field. You're a leader everywhere or nowhere. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Howdy, friends. Welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burroughs, and today is episode 141. I'm very excited to share this interview with Michelle Bowditch, but first, let me share a quick note from this episode's sponsor. Work and life don't have to be so hard. That's why Belay wants to make it easy and fun, all while catering to you and your needs, because we know you work to live and not the other way around. So whether you're a virtual assistant, a bookkeeper, a social media strategist, or a website specialist, Belay has clients right now who need your expertise and insight. Getting started is easy. Visit belaysolutions.com and click on the jobs link in the header. I've known the folks at Belay for quite a while. In fact, I interviewed their co-founder, Brian Miles, in episode 32 of this podcast, which you can check out at leaderassistant.com slash 32. So I definitely recommend checking out belaysolutions.com and click on the jobs link in the header. Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. This is your host, Jeremy Burroughs, and I'm very excited for today's interview with Michelle Bowditch. Michelle, how's it going? I'm good. Hello from Sydney. Yes, uh, it is uh, tomorrow where you are, so it's nice to talk to someone in the future. (laughs) Yes, yes, and we are coming out of lockdown, so it's exciting times for all us Aussies at the moment. Nice. So let's just jump right in. So you are the founder of Door 20A and the Australian Admin Awards, and we're going to get to both of those in a minute. But why don't you tell us about your career uh, and then specifically how you became an executive assistant? Yeah, thanks, Jeremy, for having me. Um, so I started my career um, actually in the event space. So was in sports management, actually lived in the U.S. for a little while. Um, I come from a, a golfing family, so, um, you know, navigated the sports world in event management. Um, and then in my late 20s, had to come back to Australia from a family reason. And um, I actually got into the wine business, but still in event management. So started my early career in event management, which then kind of led me into the administration professional space. So uh, then in my early 30s, I uh, went through a a terrible breakup and marriage and um, all broke down and had to reevaluate, you know, being in the event space um, and working all those long hours um, and, you know, had to look at my skill set as to what I had learnt um, being in the event management space and, didn't choose to go into the admin EA space. Um, I literally went for a receptionist job um, just to kind of navigate me for a period of like three to six months and um, and literally walked into this guy's office. Uh, he was an entrepreneur and he said to me, why are you applying for a receptionist job? You're so highly skilled. You're a leader in your own space. I think you can become my EA. And it was the first time that I actually understood you know, about creating the magic with the executive that you're going to support and getting the fit and the trust 
right from the first time you meet them meet them because the thing is is that as we know as you know in the admin profession when you're supporting one or two executives we have to really have the fit and we have to get it right from day dot so um this gentleman we he was a um entrepreneur he had multiple businesses um it was in the finance um wealth management space so i really i I worked with him for a period of just under 10 years and we navigated um you know from buying and selling businesses um and then he semi-retired at quite an early age and i found myself in a position going oh okay so what do i do now and then i um i dabbled for about 12 months still working with entrepreneurs um at the cfo and ceo level um and then i took the leap of faith and went went to a massive big corporate um schneider electric um and schneider electric so they are light switches and solar panels um so i went into a space that i knew nothing about i went from sports to wine to then um you know wealth management and accounting and then went to light switches and solar panels and was quite blown away by it um i think you know during that time of um working for a founder an entrepreneur and also you know a ceo there was so much i learned from the personal side because i was supporting him um you know from his personal life all the way through to his um boardroom table life and he really gave me the confidence even though i didn't start off in my early 20s in admin space to really you know say that it was okay for me to have a voice yes i could have a seat at the boardroom table um um, and we, we, we always worked together collaboratively because of our communication skills. We had the fit right from day dot. The trust was there. Um, and then, uh, you know, found myself at Schneider Electric um, and went, holy dooly, what is this space? And, you know, the head office is based in France. So, you know, I had to juggle different time zones. And then in 2018, um, my uh, VP that I was supporting at the time, she had the opportunity to go across to Silicon Valley and head up an incubator and I had no idea what an incubation was I had never been to Silicon Valley um, you know and coming from Sydney you know we I dreamed that Silicon Valley was a big San Francisco bridge with beautiful high rises and I'm sure many of you guys listening have been to Silicon Valley and it's totally different and you know the first day I arrived there I went oh my gosh it's flat, it's desert, it's warehouses, it, you know, and we're not desert. And I just went, oh, this is not what I imagined. But, you know, I worked in it, we worked in an incubation in a, in a um, startup phase. Um, and that was where, that was in 2000, beginning of 2018. Um, and that's where I fell in love with technology um, and really understood how having technology in our admin profession can really create those efficiencies, can really, you know, allow us to move from being a transaction um, EA to being a strategic EA, it also allowed me to step up to that next level of leadership and be seen as a leader, heard as a leader, and have that seat at the boardroom table as a leader. So it was just a huge six months, a huge transition in my career. Um, you know, and then we became um, Clips or Solar, which is a startup tech business now operating in Australia. So, you know, I stayed in the, the admin profession until middle of 2019. And then my role was no longer needed because in the startup world, you know, a C-suite EA is not uh, a title that you use. Um, they were really everything they were doing within the business became automated, which is fantastic. Um, you know, we had a virtual CFO 
CFO of Virtual HR. And back in 2018, when you say the word virtual CFO, virtual HR, people are going, who are you? Are you crazy? Whereas now a lot of businesses operate like that because um, technology has certainly changed the infrastructure and the way we um, set up a, a new business. So, um, you know, fast forward from 2019 to today, um, you know, uh, I am the founder of Door 20A, which is a tech consulting business that I work with women in business and executive assistants. And then I've also just recently launched the Australian Admin Awards. So that's kind of, you know, a woman that's approaching her 50s, that's kind of my life in, you know, what is it, a couple minutes, five minutes of what I've been doing. <laughs> but look, being an assistant, Jeremy, like I, I was really lucky over the past two years, even though i am um, got my own business, I've actually stepped back into the EA role to um, – I, what I call subbing. So, you know, do the high five to someone, someone needed to go on leave. So someone that was in a really high senior EA position, they need to go on two or three weeks leave or they had an emergency. And it was that trust thing because, you know, you just can't walk in and snap, click your fingers and you become this high performing EA. Um, so I've had the um, opportunities, which is I'm very grateful to those EAs that have rang me and said, Mish, can you come and, you know, just tag team for me for a couple of weeks? And I sat back in the driver's seat. And, and I think for me, it was really good because, you you know, even though I haven't been sitting in an EA role for two years now, being able to do that has reminded me how incredible this profession is and how these individuals are thought leaders and how they are incredible and bring so much value to every organization. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what was uh, your maybe your number one favorite part about being an assistant? Look, you know, it was funny. All my life, up until my last job, I had male bosses. So when I um, went to work for the, my last CEO, she was my first female ever. So, you know, I think the, the, the most, well, the favorite thing about the role was, you know, n- not one day was ever the same. Um, and I think to be successful and I use the word successful loosely because everyone can define it in a different way. But for me to enjoy my job, you know, I always had the solution to the problem before the problem occurred. And I think if we can do that as executive assistants, oh my gosh, we're 10 steps ahead of the game. And I think, you know, being in our roles, I'm a people person and, you know, the connection piece that I could have with so many people, you know, from a CEO to a board down to the office manager to the man in the mail room. I just love chatting to people. And, you know, one of the things is being a leader, as you know, Jeremy, is that we're never too old to learn and we need to learn from everyone. So um, I just love the connection piece and, um, and meeting new people every day. Yeah, well, let's let's dive a little bit deeper on your point about uh, being ten steps ahead and just kind of solving the problem before it happens. What's one, what's one one tip that you would give to those listening who are trying to figure out how to anticipate better? I think don't overcomplicate things because you know sometimes we look at a situation and we have a, we've got like our our glass lens on like a narrow lens and we don't look outside that lens and I think for us to be that 10 steps ahead as you said we've all we've got to look at the the whole landscape and what's going on and I think the thing is is that you've got to do it your way so when we're making a decision or we're wanting to change something don't do it because Joe Bloggs or the Kardashians have told you that you've got to do it. it's like with technology don't use that technology platform because someone's told you to do it I think when we make a decision or we've got to be a, a step ahead of the game put ourselves in that position and say what would Jeremy Burrows do or what would Michelle Bodie do is at you know ask yourself what would you do and react 
and navigate and make a decision the way that you want to make it. Because the thing is, is that your executive hasn't chose you because of something they've done. They've chosen you because of how amazing you are. So do it your way, stay in your lane, remind yourself how incredible you are. And then, you know, when you're coming up with that solution um, to that problem before the problem occurs, are you going to doubt yourself? Yes, you are. But you've got to back yourself 110% because the thing is, is that that imposter syndrome, we, we all get it at some point. Pl- at some time it comes back into our life we will double take ourselves when you know this big person walks into a room with a big title and he's the ceo of you know fairfax media or whatever the company is and we get that we get that thing where it's like i can't do that i can't talk to this person i can't make that decision we've just got to back ourselves we've got to stay true to who we are and remember that we are incredible human beings and the title doesn't define who we are it's the actions that define who we are well said. Well said. Love it. So, okay. So door 20 a is, um, kind of technology, uh, training and consulting is, can you yep. tell us a little bit more about why you started that? So the reason that I started it is that when I was over in Silicon Valley, I obviously learned all about technology in my role as an executive assistant. So I met Mr. Zoom and Mr. Slack, which everyone's using now these days. And when I would would say Slack or Zoom in 2018, people looked at me as if it was a foreign word or was a dirty cup of coffee or something like that. (laughs) Um, But I was allowed, um, you know, working in an incubation and working in a space with these incredible, you know, cloud solution architects and data scientists. I, before that, never knew what they did or even knew what that title stood for. But these young, incredible, very super smart um, men, and I will say men because, you know, 95% of who I worked with in incubation were men, um, they they challenged me and said to me, Mish, so why are you reconciling your CEO's um Amex statement in concur that way. And I said, well, there's no other way to do it. And they said to me, well, you know that you can get your Uber app to talk to your Concur app. You know you can get your Qantas app for your travel to talk to your Uber. You know your, your booking um, tables, which is where you book all your restaurants, it can talk to it. And from that moment, I learned how we can integrate information into a platform to create those efficiencies. So when I um, you know, took the leap of faith and started Door 28, I just wanted to spread the message to all those incredible admins out there to create those efficiencies and also not to fear technology because we do fear it. We, we fear it in two ways. We fear it because we think it's going to take our job. And secondly, we think we fear it because, you know, technology, people think of coding and these languages in these words that we don't understand when in fact technology does not need to be feared. Um, so really it was for me just getting out there, you know, something simple as, you know, I worked with a group of EAs at American Express. Um, they were supporting executives who were constantly traveling um, to the Asia region, hosting conferences, would come back with a stack of business cards and they would manually sit there and enter the business cards into their contacts as well as their exec contacts. And then they would manually send an email out Thanks for attending the conference. Here's your post-conference pack. And, you know, I showed them a something simple, which was a business card reader app called ChemCard, and I showed them how to take a picture of a business card, um, have a pre-filled already conference pack, post-pack ready to done. And they literally took a photo, hit three buttons, and all of a sudden – 
the person had the post-conference pack, the contact was in um, both theirs and their exec's um, uh, contact box, and it was done. So they went from spending a week of entering business cards and sending out post-conference pack to then going back to, say, maybe an hour to nine, you know, an hour to 90 minutes of their day. So it's just that awareness piece of, you know, with technology, because as we know, Jeremy, with technology, one box doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of corporate organisations got firewalls, they've got restrictions, especially in government. I mean, we're using Skype today, and that is your platform. That is your tech toolkit. That's your that's your thing that you have in your tech toolkit that works for you. So I say to people, you know, find the tools that suits you and also suits the platforms or the organization you're working in. So if you're in the Microsoft um, 365 environment, oh my gosh, there's so many, like I, I call them kids running around in the Microsoft 365 fa- family. And I talk to um, admins every day that, you know, don't, didn't know that OneNote existed, didn't know the planner existed, didn't know they can do a transcript in Microsoft Stream. And they've got all these tools there, but they haven't loaded up their tech toolkit to have the right tools to sit, suit them. So I think, you know, the technology space is ever-changing, as we both know, um, but it's always finding what's going to suit you and suit your executive to work um, the most effective way and to create those efficiencies because when you do create efficiencies with technology, it frees up your time and all of a sudden you're going, oh, my gosh, I can now do that project with my um, leadership team. Oh, my gosh, I can now go to that board meeting because I don't have to sit there and reconcile expenses. Oh, my gosh, I can do all these other things. I can go on training. I can learn more. And I think that's what we need to overcome. We need to overcome the fear that technology is there to help us, not hinder us. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Skype, I I think another point would be, um, to caveat to yours, would be like, you know, you've got to find the tools that work for you. And sometimes, like, I don't even like Skype, to be honest with you. Like, it's not the best platform ever. However, uh, I've used a few different tools to record podcast interviews. And for whatever reason, Skype has the most crisp and clear audio for my mm. podcast and so like whatever whatever it is I don't even really understand it I just know that it sounds a lot better than if I record a zoom call and so anyway my point is uh, there are tools that you know will work and then there are tools mm-hmm. that will work better for your specific needs so don't be afraid to try different things um, to save yourself time yeah, and I can't agree even more. And I'm and I'm sure that Skype, this is the thing is you've chosen to use Skype for those reasons. And I'm sure that it also integrates well into the other platforms that you've then got to go out and upload your podcast on it. And I think we as assistants need to think of that. You know, what is the outcome we're trying to achieve? Don't say I need to use Skype. Mm-hmm. Look at the outcome, the outcome you're trying to achieve at the end. Like what's the end result? And then work backwards. Yeah. And when you work backwards, then you can load up your tech toolkit with the right tools and you know you might use skype for um you know your podcast but then you're using google docs for everything else so it's kind of working out what sits for you and i think we get confused as admins because we have so much choice now with technology and we go well you know that ea she's using base i need to get involved in base or she's using slack and you know and then they join up to slack and they never use it and they never create these efficiencies they don't maximize a platform and that's when they get frustrated with technology Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification 
the first-of-its-kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of technology, what are uh, two of your favorite tech tools right now? Oh, okay. So obviously I'm a business owner. So Zero is my favorite at the moment because it's my accounting software pl- platform. It is a global tool. It works so efficiently both on my phone and my desktop. And any business owner that's listening, you know, you've got to know your numbers in business. So that's my favorite one at the moment. Um, my other one, I've got back into Slack. Um, I've moved off Facebook. I recently had a Facebook pause and I've joined all these incredible Slack communities. And I just find the conversation going on in Slack at the moment. Um, the admin community has really finally got it. And instead of thinking that they've got to sit there and write an essay, they've turned it into a fun, creative, connected platform. So I'm enjoying Slack again. Um, and, you know, as I said, I used it in 2018 from a project management tool, but now I'm using it from a community-based connection platform. Nice. And it's changed a lot since 2018. So, Oh, my gosh. The emoji, like, I just love the emojis because someone will ask <laughs> you to do something and you pop an emoji in and someone will say, what does that emoji mean? And then, you know, it creates a bit of fun and laughter. And I think it takes, you know, you, you've got to take the seriousness sometimes out of your job and have a right. bit more fun and joy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, transition to the Australian Admin Awards. Um, mm. Why? Why awards? Why? Why did you decide to start this? So, you know, I you know, I'm a massive advocate for advocate for our profession. I truly love the value that all of the administrative community brings to any organisation, from the receptionist all the way up to the EA chief of staff. I mean, 2020 in Australia, we saw the admin profession just be hit so hard. Like the the jobs within the admin space, they were the first to be cut. So we had a huge influx of job losses last year in the admin profession. And then I obviously went on my little path and wrote some research papers. And then we kind of, we started 2021, you know, with a bit of a bang we got a little bit back to normal and life and we started to see the the change in the, the positioning of admin jobs that you know the way they were being advertised but we still weren't there and then the delta strain hit australia and then we went into crazy lockdown and we and we kind of um we were going back to that job loss thing again we were we you know people were being stood down you know those they weren't being maybe done and, and i kind of was watching the joy being lost in a lot of the admin profession and I'm going we need to celebrate these guys more you know in Australia we've got the ARIA awards which is the big huge music awards and I literally we're six weeks now I literally six weeks ago woke up in the middle of the night and went right I need to bring joy back to this profession I need people to celebrate and recognize all these unsung heroes that have, you know, done incredible things. Um, and I said, I want to create the ARIA Awards for the admin space here in Australia. So literally six, you know, 
four weeks from the day I woke up in the middle of the night. We've launched it. We've created a, a, an amazing platform. There isn't an, award, an awards platform in Australia that celebrates everyone. It's not based on your title. It's based on your skills, superpowers, and the tasks that you do in the job. And I think sometimes we do get we get lost in the, in the title and we forget what we're actually doing and the value we're bringing to the organisation. And, you know, like I think of the office managers here in Australia, like they've gone from packing the photocopier every day and filling the tea canisters to now writing COVID safe plans, rolling out Microsoft Teams platforms. And you just go, holy moly, these women are truly incredible. And I do say women because 96% of the admin community in Australia are females. I'd like to see more men, but um, that's another conversation we can have on a different date, Jeremy. But <laughs> we've just got to go. We There's nothing. I mean, we've got a few other small businesses celebrating particular titles and particular parts of the admin space, but there's nothing celebrating the whole of the admin space. So we've come up with nine amazing categories. You know, I had to slot in that Tech Tamer Award, which is in there. So we've got a Tech Tamer Award. We've got Visionary. We've got Community Awards. We've got, you know, First Impressions Awards. And people come back to me and say to me, Mish, can an admin be a visionary person? Can they be a community leader? And I go, hell, they can be one of those. They're all, just because they're in the admin space doesn't stop stop them from being incredible human beings. So the nominations are open now. We've got another, I think, four weeks of nominations. And then in January, um, we're going to have a proper big black tie gala event here in Sydney face-to-face. We're flying all the finest finalists from around Australia. And Jeremy, we need to celebrate our profession more because the value, and you know this, the value that these individuals bring to, you know, a small startup business to a massive corporate is just incredible. Hmm. Yeah. So do you you have any stories you could share about maybe how an award or winning an award has directly benefited um, an assistant that you know of? Yeah, so it was interesting. I just um, I caught up with Justin Barwick um, on LinkedIn Live, and I've um, shared it in LinkedIn if everyone wants to re- um, look at it. So Justin Barwick, um, he was an EA, um, and in 2018 and 2019, he nominated himself for EA of the Year at the CEO Magazine, and I absolutely love this that at uh, the CEO magazine they have one award for EAs um and what he did is there's a couple of things that he said that happened with that um in the interview is that he went from being a transactional executive assistant that slightly had a voice and slightly had a seat at the boardroom table to then first of all when he was nominated the first year like he had this huge leap of confidence he you know he had um the way that he approached his job the following year was just totally different the outlook was was totally different and then when he went and won EA of the year to the CEO in 2019 he just went oh my gosh I'm now a strategic business partner I now have a voice I've now got a seat at the boardroom table and his leadership you know being a leader he was now actually acknowledged as a leader whereas before he wasn't and like he said in the interview yesterday one of the other big things was is he also transitioned from the title of executive assistant to executive business partner and it was an easy transition he'd wanted to change his title before but didn't know how or didn't know how to start the conversation he did change um, industries and also who he was supporting so it was an easier transition but he said like being nominated for an award 
just the accolades that you get from that and the self-confidence and you know and it also changed the conversations when he was going to do his annual review or he was sitting down and writing his KPIs because the dream that he wanted to dream big actually become a reality so you know life isn't always about winning all the time I think it's you know cheering yourself on in times when you doubt yourself when the imposter syndrome comes in and you know just to be nominated like I'm reading some of these nominations at the moment and like we've had a doctor um, nominate his receptionist at the doctor's practice and right he was writing about, you know, what happened during the COVID, you know, when they had to stop seeing um, uh, customers face to face and they had to go to telehealth and then the vaccines came in and just the navigation piece that she had to deal with from an emotional level. I just go, holy moly, she's incredible because you, you can imagine she got abused because she, people couldn't get their vaccines and then, you know, people were constantly grumpy because they couldn't come and see the doctor anymore. And but this human being like. We put them, we define them by their title when in fact they're amazing leaders already in their own right. And we forget about that. So I think this is the thing is it's a great reminder for everyone that is thinking of it doesn't matter whether it's the Australian Admin Awards or the American Admin Awards or whatever awards platform you do, it's about a celebration piece. And, you know, one thing I want to say also to your listeners while we're here is if you guys don't have a brag book at the moment, go and start a brag book. Now, a brag book is something that you collate over the 12-month period and you've got to write in that brag book your small wins and your big wins. If someone sends you an email and says, Jeremy, you're friggin' amazing what you did with that event today. You know the way you spoke to it. Put that in your brag book. If a client rings you and tells you something beautiful about you, write that in your brag book. Because when you go to the end of the year, whether you get nominated for an award or you've got to sit down with your manager and executive and they ask, what did you achieve in the last 12 months? You go, da-da, here's my brag book and this is what this is how awesome I am and this is what I achieved. Yeah, so, so, so you kind of answered my next question in this um, because, you know, an award or an, a nomination for an award doesn't make somebody a leader, um, but recognizing them and highlighting and spotlighting their leadership skills is what you're all about, it sounds like, which is awesome. So what, what, what does make an assistant a leader? And I know you kind of already answered this, but I'm going to directly ask you what makes an assistant a leader? I don't believe the title makes you a leader. I believe your actions make you a leader. So, you know, it's the way that, I mean, we life gives us leadership skills. I, I honestly believe, I don't believe that you can wake up one day and click your fingers and become a leader. I mean, life teaches us leadership skills. So I think if we focus on you know, honing on our strengths. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And if you've got weaknesses, which we all do, um, go out and either, you know, learn, grow, educate in those weaknesses or of the weaknesses that you do have, outsource it. So for me, my business, like, you know, everyone knows that I suck at English and, you know, I'm a terrible writer. So I have to outsource that skill because I'm not good at it. I tried to be good at it, but I'm not good at it. And it's that acknowledgement piece because we always have times where as leaders, you know, I, I teach my children to lead by example in the way I behave, you know, admit admit your mistakes and own up to being wrong. And I think that's a, a part of that action bit, Jeremy, you know, a title doesn't make you a good leader, your actions do. 
Love it. Well said. And Michelle, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to share a little bit about your story and your passion for the executive assistant community. Um, how can people reach out and connect with you and um, say hi and find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, either on LinkedIn or Instagram is probably the best way. I'm Michelle Bowditch on LinkedIn or my Instagram handle is door20a. Um, otherwise, the websites, we've got two websites, Australian Admin Awards or .com or door20a.com. So, you know, I love connecting with people. So don't don't look at my title and be scared away. Drop me a DM. Send me an audio voice message. I love audio messages, by the way. So, um, yeah, LinkedIn or Instagram are the best platforms. Perfect. And I'll put those in the show notes so people can find you uh, easily. And yeah, thanks again uh, from uh, the other side of the world. Um, and hope you have fun in the future. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully meet in person someday. Amazing. Yeah. And, and thank you for all your listeners as well for listening today. Have a great day, Jeremy. Thanks, Michelle. And thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. Be sure to check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 141. Apple Podcasts. Go Bullos.com.